This podcast is sponsored by Tell2App.com. Welcome to The Life of a Networker. On this podcast, we are featuring industry leaders from the network marketing profession to share with you the stories, inspiration, and leadership. Now, here is global business developer, leader in authentic sharing technology, your host, Mr. Mike Fedick. Hey, what's going on, guys? Mike Fedick here, and I am in a good mood today. Number one, it's Friday. And, you know, listen, every day for a good networker is a Friday. But what's good about Fridays is all the people working nine to five are usually in a better mood because they got paid last night around 12 o'clock midnight. Uh, So the world is a happier place on Fridays. And we are here with the life of a networker. And I'm honored today because I get the chance to not only interview someone who's built massive organizations, not once, not twice, not three times, but more than he can probably count. And he's done it uh, very successful. When I say successful is once you earn a million dollars in a 12-month time frame, you're pretty damn successful. And to do that not once, not twice, three times, four times, um, I'm, I'm honored to have uh, now founder and CEO, uh, distributor at one time. He's done it all from all walks of life in network marketing. Armand Pouliot, my man from California. How are you today? Phenomenal. Thank you for having me aboard. Oh, man, it's my pleasure. And uh, we're going to have some fun. You know, Armand, I always tell people we've got two guests, two kinds of guests listening into this podcast. We've got the the brand new person who might have been around now for the last 90 days, six months to a year. They've got faith in network marketing. They've got hope and dream, but they just maybe haven't put the activity together to get the results that they're looking for. Because that's normally the the issue, right? When most people don't have the results, it just falls back on activity. And so uh, we're going to talk to that group, but then we're going to talk to some of your favorite people, the people that are up there at the top making the big money and maybe giving them some words of encouragement of how to be a better leader. Because we don't necessarily need to talk to them about how to building a team. They've already done that. But how to become a better leader and develop what I think is the most important thing in our industry is developing other leaders. So take us back, Armand. Where did it all start? Where did where were you before network marketing? How did you get in? And definitely share what was the tool that got you in? Because I know we're going to go back a little ways. Uh, and so there was no Facebook or Instagram. But tell us where it all started. No, back then, back in those days, uh, there was uh, no back office. It was all fax machine uh, printouts <laughs> you know, by by the by the role. No, but uh, 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 the way I got into network marketing was it's a very it's very different. I, I was not expecting. I didn't know what network marketing was. I didn't know what the uh, the industry was. I, all I knew is how to sell and how to you know and and, and basically how to buy wholesale and how to you know, how to retail. That's all I knew how to do. And the reason. The reason I learned how to do that is I lived with my mother, who was a single mom, was hurting. I was losing. There was we're always losing our apartment for paying too much money, obviously. And and you know, uh, you know, we're always moving from home to home. And it got to a point where I just got tired and sick and tired of moving, changing. Uh, sometimes not having a meal. Sometimes not you know seeing the, you know a rough life basically out of everything. So I started selling candy for my backpack at high school. You know, and and that's where it all started. And I started making some great money because if you, we would buy, for example, uh, here in the United States, we have a, a what's called a store called Smart and Final or Costco. But I would go to the Smart and Final and basically get these big boxes. And, and you know, at that point, candy was maybe an M and M or or Skittles were uh, around twelve cents a pop. You know, in the, in the case we sold it for a dollar, so there was a massive profit there, right? So I was making some pretty good money. I was the guy who you know. Didn't take any books in his backpack, always, you know, selling, always everything. And one thing that helped me, and I love the part of the industry, is that uh, during those years in the early 90s, uh, schools, especially in California, did not permit sodas or candy within the campus. So I was like the drug dealer. You know, I was like selling everything. It was just phenomenal. And everybody was, I was making money. I was getting happy, you know, and, and I was helping out my family. That was the greatest thing. Uh, network marketing came. Uh, at the age of 16, and it was, it was, I think it was a mistake, basically, the way I ran into it. Uh, my mother was invited to a home party uh, for a crystal and pots and pan company that is out there, and it's still around. Uh, and one of the things that happened is I drove her to that party. I stood in the back of the room as she was with her friends and everybody else, and one thing that, uh, um, that interests me, that everybody in the room was buying this product. You know, and it was everybody was buying it. And the reason it interested me because 
everybody in that room I knew, and I knew they were broke. I knew they didn't have money. I knew they couldn't afford this and they couldn't afford the rent. And I couldn't understand how or fathom how can they be buying this stuff? You know, and so to me, it was, I got curious and I actually walked up to the, the to the presenter in front of the room at the end of it. And I, before she was putting stuff away and I said, you know, I would really love to sell this stuff. I goes, where can I buy it wholesale? I won't compete against you. I have my own clientele. And he goes, I, and I'll, I'll do whatever I can. So if I, if you tell me where to buy it, I can buy it and, and so I can retail it out. And she goes, she turns around, kind of giggles and laughs. Uh, which was kind of demeaning in many ways. And I, I know she was looking at a 16-year-old at that time. Uh, but, you know, obviously I had a little stash of money thanks to the, the sales of the candy and everything. And she hands me a brochure and she goes with her number on it. And she says, whenever you're interested, you need something, just call me. I'll bring it to you. That's it. And I was not happy about that. I, was, I felt like I was pushed out of the way, like, like, I, like she didn't care. I like, I, I asked her, I, you know, I literally said, you know, I'm not going to compete against you. So I kind of now became one of these, uh, uh, one of these kids that were kind of angry in a point that says, you know, I, I got to get back to her. I got to get back at her more than yeah, everything yeah. else. You know, um, that was kind of the drive. Uh, when, when you don't have much money and especially in the United States and, and anywhere, I guess, around the world, even in Mexico or, or Latin America, or I, I would believe anywhere, these is flea markets, you know, we, you know, or in Mexico, they call them tianguis and, you know, swap meets in California. Well, we would walk these, you know, and walk around instead of going to the mall to these places because we could afford these things. You know, we can afford stuff that is there. We can negotiate with people. We don't have enough, you know, so it's kind of a different experience. So I would go there every Sunday, walk around, get me a snack and just, I mean, spend some time, at least, you know, have some time in the morning when the sun and that's it. Right. And as I'm doing this one Sunday, a few weeks after this happened, I ran into a lady who actually was selling the exact same product, but she was in a stand. And I came up to her and I said, I noticed the logo, I noticed everything. And I said, I came up to her, I was like, I would really love to sell this stuff. I have a bunch of customers, I have a bunch of clients and a bunch of friends of my mom now, he goes, that, that love this stuff and I would love to sell it to them. You know, I, all I need to know is where you guys get it. I promise you, I will not come and compete against you here. I will not be in this uh, flea market and, and compete. I would sell it outside. And she was a very first person, very wonderful lady. Uh, it's, you know, she, she opened up a, a three ring binder with all these photocopies. She didn't even know the comp plan. She didn't know nothing. And she was just flipping through it saying, look at this. And this is, this is the way we get in. We, we have to sign this form. And, and I didn't understand what she was saying. Like everything was like, blah, 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 blah to me. But yet I appreciated her taking the time to explaining me to whatever extent that she knew what she was doing to the point that I literally signed up with her that day. And when I signed up with her, uh, it took uh, uh, probably about a week and a half for me to get my package. And it was a big, uh, a giant uh, luggage with a bunch of one item things inside that we're supposed to use for a table sample or, you know, for a home party. And then on top of that, when you open up this luggage and you open up the zipper on the very top was a how to do a home party manual. And I picked that up and I said, you know, and I looked at myself and I, I remember looking at myself at the mirror. I was like, I can't do this. Who's going to believe a 16 year old doing home parties? It's not going to happen. It can't happen. This is, this, nobody's going to believe me. So I kind of got frustrated like many people who are listening right now do and says, you know, maybe this is not for me. Maybe I, I made a mistake. You know, I didn't even know, you know, you know, about the registering and everything else. The one thing that sold me, what she said is that like, I almost going to get the exact same uh, uh, wholesale price she was. And I didn't even understand the network marketing said nothing. So one thing that I did was I said, I got to get rid of this. I really do got to get rid of all this stuff, get my money back and just go back to what I know how to do. And I went door to door and I went with uh, a few friends that were female that, that we went door to door with our jerseys and our, our, our school shirts and our school jackets and, and kind of pretended we're selling chocolate, you know, and kind of went through this stuff and sold all of it. Plus, since I had catalogs in it, we actually took orders wow. and we ended up selling more and more and more of this stuff. By the end of about uh, three to four months, I ended up being the regional West Coast top seller for this product, for this company. 
And all I was doing is going door to door, door to door. And I had a team of people that I was paying $4.25 an hour at that time, which I know a lot of people who are listening to that is like $4.25. You, you're ripping them off. Because that time it was better than minimum wage, I'll be honest with you. Uh, and, you know, we we're paying everybody and nobody was signing up and everything. We were just selling product door to door. And it was just a phenomenal thing. We just made some great money. Came to a convention, which I never knew about conventions. I never knew about anything. Corporate team calls me up at home because there's no cell phones at that time. And basically says, you know, you, we need to be at this convention you, to receive your award as a number one sales. That's when I found out I was actually number one. And, um, and when I, I said, no, I can't go, whatever, you know, I just didn't feel like it. I, I didn't have the time. They offered to pay my flight, my, my stay, everything so I can get there and made sure that I was taken care of. And I was like, okay, I'll go. And basically I took off and, and got to this place and get to this convention. Um, and one thing that happened was that they asked me on stage to explain how I did it. And I started to explain to everybody exactly how I hired kids from school, how we went door to door, how we were selling all this stuff. And we were getting all these orders and everything else. And everybody was, the room was so quiet. Imagine a convention room, quiet where you can hear a pin drop and everybody looking at you like you are dumb. Wow. Like, you know, that that kind of cold feeling that, you know, it just, I just felt rejected in that room. I felt like I didn't belong. I felt everything. So, and, and I remember as I was speaking, you know, just feeling this chill and looking at everybody, just looking at me like with the face, like, what are you doing? And, and I, I got to kind of got frustrated, finished off, walked off the stage, left the trophy on stage, by the way, and kept walking out of that room and walked down the, the corridor at the, at the convention center until I found a kiosk. And they're not like kiosks, like right now, coffee kiosk. Like uh, they're not like Starbucks right now where they make all the coffee on those kiosks now. It was like pumps back then, you know, like little, yeah. you know, little couple tables and whatever. So I sat down on one of these tables and I was like frustrated with myself. I said, why, why did I come? Why did I, why, why did I get here? Now I don't want to do this. I, I don't want to, I felt like I didn't belong. And I was just, you know, nearly like tearing because I was just didn't, I just felt so unwanted there. You know, like, I, like it was just a weird feeling. I'm telling you right now, I felt like, you know, I don't know how many of you were listening right now. I've ever walked in a place and you feel like unwanted, you feel discriminated. You feel like you don't, you don't belong. You know, it's like, and, and sometimes, that, that feeling alone can really deter your, your progress completely. So I'm sitting there kind of, you know, uh, as not crying, but nearly there, you know, just, just to myself, pretty angry, pretty pissed. Uh, um, and a gentleman walks up who became my first mentor. He literally walked up. He sat down on the table with me and he says, Armand, I heard everything and I saw you walk off and I understand I know you walked off for a certain reason. And, and he was like, he was right. You know, exactly. He goes, he goes, the, the reason people were looking at you like that, they were amazed, number one, for what you accomplished. And two, you did it the way they didn't do it. They did it completely different. They're not accustomed to that. What you're doing is crazy compared to what they're saying, but you're doing it the right way. And that to me kind of lifted my neck up and says, okay, and I'm starting to listen to this guy. He was the very first guy who ever, picked up a napkin, a little, literally a napkin and a pen and did a napkin presentation in front of me of what I'm That's supposed awesome. to do. And he says, you're doing everything right. The only thing you're missing is learning how to obtain residual income. And you're not doing that. And that's why all these people are like freaking out. It's like, how is he doing all this? If he's not following the model, he's not following the system. He's not following what everybody else is doing. So at the end of it, you know, I was so excited for what he was telling me. I, I even asked him, he goes, so you do this? Because I didn't see that many men in the, in that convention center. And I was like, so you do this? You know, as I like, he goes like, no, my wife is one of the top uh, reps here at this company. I do, I'm in another company that we're just launching. And he's talk, talking to me about telecommunications, the long distance line and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Because back then for everybody who you, if you're young right now, we used to sell long distance separate than local, you know, uh, from, you know, the, so every, everybody, a company, there was companies who were like Sprint, MCI, uh, Pacific Bell that were long distance lines. And then there was the AT&Ts were locals and, and stuff like that. So there was two different companies. So us to get them, you know, all we had to do was sign people up and get them to sign in a application form. 
And as we signed this app, basically, you know, we got a $40 fast start, you know, basically it was like 45, I believe. That's for, a lot of money back then. Oh, definitely. So especially if you're not selling anything, right. You're just getting a signature. So to me, I, I went back to my crew of all these people who were, I was, you know, they were working for me at the time. And I said, I'm not paying no more by the hour. Every time you get a signature, you get the $45, you know, knowing that I would keep the residual income from there on. Right. Uh-huh. So they will just, you know, like you'll, you get a bonus of 45 every time. And I used that and became, uh, I hit the top of that company pretty soon after it was RVP and was enjoying a phenomenal lifestyle, right? At that, at that point. And that's how I got involved into network marketing. Um, the way I progressed with network marketing is I started following my mentor that is just gentleman, his name's Sean. And Sean was one of these guys who, who, sh- showed me he made $20,000 a month. To me, that was ridiculous money. To me, that was like, that's impossible money. That, that doesn't happen. But he showed it to me and he showed me that it does happen. Does ha- it can be. So I started following him around. I started being the PowerPoint. I, and I, what I, what I mean by the PowerPoint, because back then there was no PowerPoints. There was flip charts, which is a big giant book of your presentation that, you know, and you put it on a, on a tripod and then you flip the pages as you go along with your presentation and and i would use a pointer to point out what he was talking about basically you know so i was the powerpoint okay so i became this powerpoint and part of my job was turning on the music and turning off the music play and pause play and pause on on a regular recording uh with a cassette deck on it right is um, that was what it was but the reason i did that and i carried his bags and i followed him and i shadowed him because i wanted to learn what he did what was he doing to be able to collect $20,000 a month. To me, that was, like I said, ridiculous. But luckily, I, I started watching every single presentation because I was there. I started memorizing every word. And I started noticing that verbatim, he was repeating word by word everything he was doing. Everything he was saying, every presentation, same joke, same everything. Uh, you know, it was like, it was just incredible. It was like a, a script completely from A to Z. And I kept memorizing that script completely to the point that I got the courage to do it on my own. Obviously, by that time, I had my own team growing, it was small, but I decided to do my own, uh, uh, you know, meeting at a hotel. I rented my own hotel room and uh, brought my guys over and we did that same exact meeting. And on the first meeting, I even, you know, as I went through the script, I even called myself Sean, you know, because I was just following verbatim word by word. But what I learned at the end of this is that, I made, you know, I closed the whole room. Wow. And to me, that was amazing. Because all I did was literally follow the exact same words on his script that he did and just repeated it, played the same music, did the same dumb joke that he does, everything. I was just like, you know, I called myself Sean the very first time. I didn't do that afterwards. But, I mean, every, everything was just exact. You know, and, and I closed so I got to the point later on that I was doing 20 grand a month. All right. And I matched him and, and it got, I kind of got stuck there. And I remember this because I kind of got stuck there and I was like, well, he's making 20 grand. I'm making 20 grand. I think we hit the top. That's it. That's all you can make. And it was, it was funny because I was enjoying life. I was very happy. It was, we were making a lot of money. That was, that was to me, that was just like ridiculous money by the way. And then we got to a convention and I met his upline and she says, he goes, and I go like, well, yeah, we hit the top of the company. We, we're already making the top amount of money. He goes, he's making 20 grand. I'm making 20 grand a month. She goes, I make 80 grand. Wow. <laughs> you know, and as she says that, I was like, what? Really? He goes, like, you can make more than 20? And he goes, yeah. He goes, I, I do 80 grand a month. Here, look. And then she shows me, you know, you know these, these statements that she carried around with her, uh, I guess, to prove people or whatever it is for her bank statements and everything, and what she saw, the deposits and everything. She goes, this is what I make. And this is the checks. You know, she had photocopies of her checks and stuff. And I was like, really? Okay. So I, I went over to where she lived and started following her around and shadowing her too, trying to figure out what she does right. until I start creating the same amount of money that she was, you know, and I, and I kept doing this is that it became my uh, uh, kind of my pastime and how to learn. And I kind of learned that duplication creates wealth, basically. And if you know, if you find people who are making money and you see what they're doing and you can see exactly how they're, you know, not only that, 
people who actually demonstrated to you that they're actually making that money. Because here's the secret, my friends, where you're listening, is that you're going to run into thousands of people that are in this industry. And unfortunately, they're lying to you about how much money they're making. You know, and that can hurt you dramatically. And I'm telling you, because if you listen to somebody who's never made the money you want to make, and you're listening to them and you're following them and you're doing everything and they're not making that money, you'll never make that money. It's just as simple. You got you to gotta duplicate the people who are actually in the shoes that you want to be. To me, that was very, very, very important. And I know that a lot of people are either like fake it till you make it, you know, drive the fake cars, drive, you know, put on the Gucci uh, uh, belts and shoes and walk around and pretend you're making like, hey, look, I, I learned very young that I can't pretend to nothing. You know, it's like, if you really want to be successful, you got to figure out, you got to ask for documentation of people who are actually making money. You got to ask and see, can you prove to me you're making that kind of money before I'm going to follow you? Why? To me, that was very important to my success. Okay. Uh, I was lucky enough that in that, within that company, I was able to hit seven figures a, a year uh, at the age of 20. And, you know, you know, I, I was just, I mean, I didn't think, uh, um, Money was going to stop until deregulation happened and the government took the long distance uh, portion of every business away and handed it to the local uh, phone companies. And that kind of destroyed that company, not because they wanted to leave. Um, and we just had to start over. You know, we kind of everybody was waddling and crying because, you know, it, it was over. The ride was done and it was not our fault. It was not the company's fault. You know, the ownership was phenomenal with us. Everybody was just you know, just great people all around. It's just sometimes the government switches things that, you know, and changes the laws that really destroy, you know, progression within your your future. So a few friends that were also RVPs in that company got together and they called me up and says, Armand, there's an opportunity. We can do something. This time is with weight loss. This is capsules. And we have a, they have a capsule, he says, that has fenfen in it. Uh, a, a, it was for people who don't, uh, don't remember this, or maybe you're too young for this. It was a capsule that people would literally lose extremes amounts of weight you know, with ephedra, but basically that's what it was. And it, it was extremes amount of weight and get so thin very quickly. It was just a ridiculous capsule to be on. Now, there was a few people dying here and there, having heart attacks. Yes. You know, so, I mean, it wasn't because of us. It's other people that were, that were selling it, but yet the government deregulated that. But during that time, we started this company. Uh, I got to $5 million a year and started really making some money that I never believed it was be able or was possible. For example, we had kiosks in just about every mall and every kiosk was doing at least 20 grand in profit, wow. profit in every, and just retail sales. And people were buying, this product was so good. People were buying cases of it. Let me just tell you that to give them away to their family. It's not even to sell them, you know? So it was just that ridiculous, but it got to the point where obviously the government took that down too, and, and it made ephedra illegal and that company went down. From there, I went years and years of jumping from company to company to company to company, like most people do in network marketing. If you don't find what you're looking for, well, for example, myself, I was in great companies and, and, and I, I still have maintained friendships with a lot of the ownership of, of those companies that I went through and I was lucky to be involved with. But I would leave because I did not realize, I did not think I was going to get to a million dollars in sales quickly with that company. I just thought it was too slow. I just thought it, this was not the right, this was not. And I was sometimes doing, you know, 100,000 to 500,000, you know, a year, which is not bad money, but yet it was not what I wanted, right? Is because I, once you taste the kind of money that I had, it was like, I have to have it again. And plus I had other leaders that were big time leaders that were saying, man, you hit seven figures one time, great. You hit it twice, you're lucky, man. You'll never hit it three times. So I had that, that, aura that people telling me this also. So it kind of was pushing me to do this. And then from there, obviously, um, I was very driven to, to get back to the seven figure uh, point and everything else. And I found a company, say they invited me to a company one day that uh, it was a juice company that was going to be launched. And you know, I remember I, I, I drove up to, I drove up, I flew up to, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, the, the, my first mentor, Sean, uh, asked me to 
if I could go to this launch of this company and, and you know it was going to be like only only people who are invited are are there at this house and you know they're going to be the original 20 and blah 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 and, and he goes that I have to be there and they wanted me there and I was like I don't want to go I was already in another company that I kind of felt was going to be the one I uh, so he tells me hey, look if you don't go they're not letting me in and I want to join you know, <laughs> you know, can you please just show up so I can get in? And then if you don't want to sign up, don't worry about it. I'm not going to be angry or whatever. So I flew up with him and we went to this meeting and we went to everything. We met the owners, the the uh, the scientists and the, the doctors that flew down, uh, you know, from up north. And it was just a phenomenal thing where it it, it kind of gave me that that feeling that, man, we're going to get there again. This is it. This is the company. I, this is the company that's going to take me to that next level. And it was one of those things that to me, it was like, it, it was, it was a company I fell in love with. I felt it was a company that I, I adored. It was a company that, you know what, it, it was like, I felt it was mine, you know, and I kept, I kept working and build uh, tremendously with pretty quickly with this. And all of a sudden um, I was at a convention where they put me on stage where I got the highest rank in that company uh, surpassing the the master distributor at that point, you know, and and it was a rare up, uh, uh, stuff that happened at that point. And then right after that, I think I made a lot of enemies where a lot of people were saying that I was stealing people, I was moving people, I was like I had the like I had the uh, uh, the system myself to do all that, right? And it, you know, they started accusing stuff, and it, it was just it got to the point where. I was suspended and then I was gone and I was, you know, and I, and I went into this, this depression basically, because I, I really loved this company. I really felt this was my company. I really felt, I loved the ownership. And as a matter of fact, the owners were like one of the nicest people that I've ever met were, you know, my kids had Christmas and they would send them like a ton of gifts. And, you know, to me, I was in love. I mean, it was like, it was my family to me and to be, Kind of shoved out was was for no reason at least was to me one of the 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 pinnacle parts of my growth because it made me learn that you know no matter what you do you know business is jealous sure business has jealousy and and if you don't if you ignore that you know something can happen you know within your own organization or everything somebody always wants to be in your shoes somebody always wants to, you know, take over, you know, or have your spot. Everybody wants to make your money. And, you know, so you got to be very careful in, in who is really your friends, who is really talking to you, who is really what they're trying to do and stuff like that. So I kind of learned that at that point. Uh, luckily, I, I ran into another company a little bit afterward that I that was at that same time, which I was accused of building. That's the reason I was kicked out. But this company I was actually uh, a consultant with, but now I joined you know, because uh, it was close to my home and everything. And I, and I kind of went there and they were selling coffee and everything else. And I said, well, this build, you know, I, I, I had nothing else to do. And I wasn't a coffee drinker, you know, and I didn't, you know, I wasn't one of those guys that, uh, that like mushrooms and they had medicinal mushrooms in this coffee. Right. Okay. So it's like, to me, it was like a no, no, but I had nothing else to do, you know, let's go. And I was just there for the meetings for, you know, to, to kind of just get that, 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 drive back into you and yeah. you know and feel but i wasn't really into it that that well and i remember working and uh, uh to the point that you know i, I got sick i, I felt and, and luckily i found at that point my current wife you know she was in my downline at that moment you know we we you know, i met her she was trying to recruit me to another company and you know yeah, uh, but I was lucky enough to to meet her because this is one person that really, really believed in health and wellness. And she believed she was a medicinal doctor. She believed in, in 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 herbal medicine. She believed in Chinese medicine. She believed a lot of these things that she was studying on her own and doing a lot of different things. And she believed all this stuff, which kind of became my life saving you know opportunity. Because when I didn't believe in anything, I didn't believe in juice. I didn't believe in capsules. I didn't believe in nothing. I, I love to sell. I always said if I could sell rocks, I would sell rocks because I was that good. Right. right. It's like, 
And, and, I, and I was like, I didn't believe in any of the products. I was just, it was just, I said, if it doesn't kill them, I'm good. You know, it doesn't, it's, if it's not gonna, it's not gonna do anything bad to people. Fantastic. I'm good. But so I wasn't a believer, you know, yep. and I think God uh, uh, does things to you that, uh, that, that puts you on the right course all the time. And, you know, she, he, he sent me this angel that, that really, because I was sick at that time, which I didn't realize, but my friends sent her to me, you know, because, you know, they were trying to help me. Um, I was 425 pounds, which is 210 kilo for anybody who, who you know, is, uh, I was very heavy. I was diabetic. I was high blood pressure. I had uh, my ankles hurt. I had inflammation where I couldn't put shoes on sometimes. It was like I could put pants on sometimes. I had to wear shorts because my legs were just not there. Um, my health was just horrible. I didn't see it. You know, every time I looked in the mirror, I saw a 185 pound man. You know, every time I looked in the mirror, I saw the most handsome guy. I mean, I, I had I had an ego that that I was like, you know, it didn't matter how heavy I was. I I, I felt I was a a, a GQ model at sure. some point. You know, so <laughs> it you know it did, I never saw that, but everybody else did, right? Um, so she she came into my life that way, and she was trying to help me and everything else, and she became part of the business and all that stuff, and all this stuff was happening. And then, you know, I I did a lot of stuff to try to help her, you know, she wanted to build her own uh, product line and stuff. So we're moving in the direction of where she's trying to design stuff and create products and blah, blah, blah. And another opportunity comes up where, you know, it, it, it leads me to building another company and where, where it leads us to moving into a company that I actually felt was going to move forward and was going to get us to where we wanted to get. It was not driven by money at this point. I already went through some health issues that changed that perspective dramatically. Uh, I was just wanted to be happy. I just wanted to live. As a matter of fact, if I was with her, I was smiling. I didn't even care. I was building her downline if I had to. You know, it's like I didn't really care if I made any money. Sure. Um, and it came to the point where I started, you know, building a brand new company. You know, I was uh, I was partners with this gentleman, and I was the master distributor for this company also. And as I'm building the comp plan, I'm building everything. Programming took over a year. And by the time programming landed, we were broke. We didn't have no money. We had everything we had deposited into everything. And it's like, we couldn't even get a flight. Is that, that, I mean, flights were not expensive. And wow. we had a drive to, to talk to people all over wherever we had to do. I put 95,000 miles a year in one car. Just let me put it that way, because I just needed to get there. No matter what the drive was, I needed to build in. One thing that happened that, 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 I think uh, I changed everything for me into the future was when we launched this company, it was, it was in 2010 and toward the end of January. Um, I, in February, I was taken to the hospital thinking it was a heart attack or having a heart attack because it was pain in the chest to find out I had two malicious tumors that were between my heart and my lung and the way I was angry and breathing kind of pounded against each other. And that's what the pain was coming out, but that wasn't the worst part. That's where I really found out that I was overweight. That's, I mean, I, now I heard and I saw, you know, I, that's where I found out I was diabetic. That's where I found out I was high blood pressure. Right? That's where I found out, you know, I had all these issues with my health. And the worst part is they tell me I had gastric cancer phase four and that I only had six months of life left. Wow. Now, after they tell me this to me, it was like, I, I don't think I heard much of what the doctor said. You know, I don't think I heard much of what they were saying. I remember they were telling me that the, they can do what they can with chemotherapy, with the radiation, with capsules. And I don't know what else they were telling me, but it was kind of like I was in a episode of the peanuts, you know, where the adults were just blah, 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 blah. And I wasn't hearing anything. And the only thing in my mind was I, I don't have any more money. I put every cent I have into this company. I put everything I own. We were, you know, we we're trying to produce our product in this company and we're trying to do this. And, you know, I, all these, my family, what's going to happen with my family. And then I turn around all these leaders who left their businesses because they were launched with me and their families. And I goes, I got all these people on my shoulders that, you know, if I don't succeed, they dropped the check. They left another company. They, you know, they, you know, I can't let them go down, you know, just like that. And, 
And I kind of walked out of that hospital and I, and I could get kind of, I did walk out of that hospital, you know, against uh, what the doctors were saying and wanted me there. And they were calling my wife and they were calling, you know, my kids and everything. And I just kept walking. There was a park next to it that is adjacent to that hospital. And I kept walking into it. And I remember being in that park and it says, I, I can't do this. I mean, I just can't do this. And I just said, you know, if I, I, I if I'm going to, what am I going to do? You know, I have my kids, you know, I had two young children that, that at that point, and, you know, uh, uh, as a single parent at that point, because at this point, uh, my recent wife wasn't, you know, she was with me, but not with me, you know, at that point, you know, it is like, what am I going to do with them? Who's going to take care of them? Who's this? And, you know, when you have children, my friends, everything changes. I mean, literally everything changes. And I made a decision that night and it might be the most ridiculous decision I've, I think I've ever made in my life, but it, it was for my benefit, I think. And I said, I kind of made peace with myself. And I said, well, if God's given me six more months, it's a blessing. Now I know at least I have six months. And I'm going to build the biggest company I can within these six months for my people that they're coming in to this company that believed in me, that everything. I'm going to build the biggest residual I can for my family. And I'm going to, I'm going to do whatever I can within the six months. And that's, that was my goal to do it. I says, you know, if I can do that, I can leave in peace. I can leave, you know, uh, uh, this world knowing that everything's going to be okay, that everybody's going to be fine. I started going, I'm like, wherever I could door to door, I could start going to meetings. I, you know, I drove across state lines, drove hours, whatever I needed to do. And the beautiful part about this is my wife now, she, went with me every mile that I ever went. She went in the passenger side. She ordered all these medicinal Chinese medicine, herbs, and all this stuff, you know, from Latin America and from all over the world. And she crunched this stuff up, put it in a Ziploc bag and took a home uh, uh, spoon, you know, metal spoon from, you know, their cabinet. And, and she just was spoon feeding me once in a while, all this stuff, which was horrific. I'll be honest with you. It was the most horrible tasting stuff I have ever, ever, ever had. And remember this, like I said before, I never believed in health and wellness. I never believed in anything that the doctor didn't tell you. I never believed that uh, anything out there that was made out of herbs can help you in any condition or not. I never believed in any of that. So, and, and a lot of people go, well, why would you take it then? You know, if they didn't believe, well, she made it with so much love and she cared and she believed so much. At that point, who was I to tell her no? You know, who was I to tell her I won't do it? Who was I to say, I, 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 I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to believe this. I don't want to take it. So I took it. And then I, I, it was like licking rocks from the bottom of the sea. It was disgusting, but yet I took it. I did what I had to do. And, and, had her drive around and, you know, she drove a lot because I would fall asleep a lot. Uh, it was, I would drove and, and I mean, we had a massive success within six months. I was not dead, but the company was already doing over a hundred million dollars in sales. Wow. Uh, you know, and, and what we've built and, you know, we kept incrementing seven months later, I was not dead. Eight months later, I was not dead and I was feeling fantastic. I was losing a lot of weight. One of the products that we made was a tea that, you know, all of a sudden everybody's asking, he goes, man, you're losing weight, man, you're losing. And I was like, I'm taking this tea and not, not thinking about the, uh, everything else. And at this point, I still didn't believe a lot in what I was doing. <laughs> she made it, but I didn't believe it. Right. It's like right. one of those things. And, and, and I kept pushing and pushing and, and I keep, you know, we keep bringing up, why don't we go to the doctor and find out why you have not, it was like, mm-mm. I don't want to go because I, I don't want them to tell me why well, you're not dead and you should die now. You know, let, let's go. What's, what's holding you up? You know, yeah. I didn't want to know anything. I was like kind of, you know, there's, there's a saying out there in English where it says, you know, uh, uh, um, not knowing is splendid. You know, it's like, you know, and I was like, I, I just didn't want to know. But I got the courage enough to go in 2015 back to the, to the doctor. And at this point, uh, when I went down to the doctor, um, one of the things that, uh, I, the doctors didn't believe it was me. You know, they looked at my file and they said, what is this? He goes, this is not you. We might've made a mistake. And you even said, we may have made a mistake and you might've thought 
it couldn't be you. They finally decided to do a full body scan where they put where you drink a, 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 a little juice like that. It was just burns as it goes down the throat. It's purple. And then there's a shot that goes along with it that you can feel every single vein as soon as it comes up where the juice is moving around in your veins. And then they put you in this machine where they scan you. And the only reason they said that they, they knew it was me is because I had scar tissues where the gastric cancer was. Now, what was it that, that you know, at that point I had no cancer, uh, uh, no, no high sugar levels, no, no high blood pressure, no nothing. What was it that changed me? I can't tell you it was my products. I can't tell you it was everything. I, I can believe it. I believe 100%. It was, my, it was God and it was, uh, uh, it was the angel he gave me, which is my wife at this moment. Yeah. Um, that was there every single step of the way, you know, you know, spoon feeding me stuff that I did not agree with. I, I did not believe in. I did not, you know, and to that point when they said everything's gone, I believed in health and wellness. I believed wow. in product. I believed in everything else, everything, you know, even I've heard the stories and in, in throughout my career, I've heard testimonials and I always kind of giggled about them internally I never believed they were real. And until it happens to you, it's just a whole different deal. It's a whole different aspect of everything. And one of the things that happened for me at that point is that, you know, we started wanting to push more products that, you know, obviously mixes that she had into this company. And the company owner that was a partner didn't want them because they were too expensive. And at one point we had to make a decision. And obviously 2016 in September, we launched the current company that I have at this moment. Uh, never wanted to be a CEO, never wanted to be somebody who's not in the field. I actually, I run the company like I'm on the field, like a field leader. I train people like I'm a field leader still. I, I do everything that I need to do as a field leader, but obviously I, I run the company as a CEO of a company. And I, that's not the job I ever wanted, but I figured nobody else can. Every single CEO that I ran into, lied to me at one point or another. They told me things and made me promise things to the field that were not true. So I wanted to build a company that that literally completed the promises that other CEOs have made me tell, you know, or, or made me a, a promise to people. I wanted to complete those promises because to me, if I don't feel, you know, I'm here forever, but, you know, I don't know if the gastric cancer or any cancer will come back to my body. I don't know if I have if I'll be here around tomorrow. I don't know if I'll be here next week or next month. I I I I pray every day that I am, you know, and I see my children grow and I and I see my family grow. But you know, I believe that if we help people get better and get better, not only health-wise, but with the biggest problem in the world, which is their wallet you know, where a lot of people economically, you know, are, are bad. If you bring in a product that is at the pocketbook of every single person around the world, where no matter if you are in, in third world countries or in the United States, you, they can afford it. You know, and that's one of the things in, in that, that we focus on and give them quality and give them that they can, it'll work and give them an opportunity that, you know, people can feed their kids. Like most people don't understand that other parts of the world, if you can't pay for school, or elementary, your kids can't go. You know, I want kids to go to school. I want kids to have shoes. I want kids to, you know, not be barefoot outside because they can't afford the stuff. I want them to be dressed. I want them to have an opportunity to better their life, whether it's within network marketing or not. You know, so if we can bless them with that, that is our key. And that is my mission, basically. A lot of people say, well, Armand, you've made a lot of money in your career. Yes, I've I mean a lot, but that's not what I want on my tombstone to read. You know, I, 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 you know, all the millions and millions and millions of dollars is nothing compared to a Bill Gates. It's nothing compared to Elon Musk. It's nothing compared to you know Warren Buffett. It's nothing compared to a lot of these guys who are who are making a lot of money. You know, yeah. it, it, to me, it's it's like no matter how many millions and millions and millions we've made, it's cents compared to them. You know, so you know, I says if if one day. A, on my tombstone, it would have to read how many millions of people we've we've helped get out of the hole. We've helped get to a better position. And I'm not saying make them rich. You know, everybody there are going to be the people who are going to get there because they have that drive, and with the right opportunity, they'll always make it. But my my reflection is always: how many people can we help become 
Get them out of the hole just enough so they have food on the table. Making so they're they're you know I don't want them you know if they move fantastic if they grow fantastic but let's just say they're living where they're living and they don't owe a dime they don't owe rent they don't owe uh, a car they don't owe nothing and all they all they got to do is feed their family to me that's financial freedom no matter yeah. where you're at and a lot of people say you know what's financial freedom it's like knowing that you're rich it doesn't matter how much money you're making it's just not owing anybody and you're living just to live and it's just living to enjoy. That's financial freedom, no matter yeah. how much it is. Cause I know a lot of multimillionaires that, you know, I have a, I'm acquaintance to, and I won't mention their names, but at the end of it, whatever, you know, these seven figure checks come in a year, they deposit that money right back into the banks and into the, what they owe. And no matter what they have, the big cars, they have the big houses, they have all this stuff. And, and, you know, at the end of it, the bank owns everything. And all they're doing is just paying the minimum, whatever they're trying to do and trying to get through. To me, that's being poor. See, uh, one of the things that I'm I'm very lucky in life is that I don't know a cent to anybody. You know, even as a company, as we've grown, you know, since we launched the company that I'm in right now, we were lucky enough that I had enough money in the bank because I never I never mal spent, you know, and I had enough that we you know we we launched with over you know uh, uh, 43 mil and, and keep growing and 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 put uh, uh, 12 uh, facilities around the world with everything that they you know not, not just little hole in the wall places literally places people would love to fall in and come in and, and just like fall in love with I you know our corporate building we purchased in, in California we have a a 4500 square foot building with a theater that sits 800 you know sitting and maybe a thousand standing uh, we have a lobby that is I think uh, you know second to Noah uh five-star resort that is out there. We have uh, an office building where it suits what all our doing, everything we're doing. We have a manufacturing facility that makes everything that we want to make and everything we, if we, if we have ideas, we just do it, you know, we, we figure it out and we just make it happen. Um, you know, that's, that's one of the big deals that it helps us. Uh, now we just purchased another building. We just, we just, just, just barely gave us the, uh, uh, the certificate of competency to to move into, we can start moving into this building, but another giant size building to extend what we have already, you know? And it's like the growth that we're having, I think we're blessed. I think, you know, with all this stuff that happened with COVID and everything else, I think network marketing as a whole, as an industry, I think was phased out of that issue because I think all of us were, were lucky enough that we're working, we're doing, we're making money. Although, you know, people are looking for an opportunity that were fired from their jobs and everything else. And I think it helped us more than it did damage to us. Uh, you know, and it's unfortunate for all the people who passed away. And it saddens me to know how many people have gone from this world. But yet all the people who have acquired now an opportunity in this space is just phenomenal. So to me, it's something that I think it's, you know, that's a, that's the 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 short version of the story but you know that's how I, I came to where i'm at and basically you know i was lucky enough to be one of five uh network marketers have earned eight figures a year and and we are you know i think i am I'm, I'm blessed in that manner you know and everything we publish everything we book we go they all sell you know everything i'm lucky enough that the industry has respect for us and me and and I think, you know, being invited to be on stages like GoPro and, you know, A&MP and, you know, obviously the, the European uh, uh, cons, the European uh, Association and a lot of places around the world, I, I feel blessed, you know, because I believe not in my company, I believe in the industry. I believe in my company, obviously, but I believe in the industry as a whole. I believe we're all one, no matter what company you're in, no matter what you're doing, do it to your best of your ability, no matter what you're doing. And make sure you get there because I believe that this industry is okay. If this industry is growing. If this industry is strong, our companies, no matter if it's your company or my company, will be fine the rest of their life. And I'm not here to build anything that we're going to leave in two or three years and, and disappear. I'm building something that I want my grandkids, my great-grandkids, my great-great-great-great-great-grandkids to enjoy of what we're building here. And I think that's what you should be thinking about also into the future. Man, that's it's so awesome, and 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 I appreciate you sharing the what I call the the realism, right? It's it's being real, and 
and uh, not sugarcoating it. You told it how it is. And some of the things I, I took away from that, Armand, is, is uh, you know, number one is our industry strong, right? For the audience out there is, you know, do not let someone knock you off track of your dreams and your goals. And, and here's what I do know is even if you are uh, still in those beginning stages and you've been around for a little bit and you haven't got to the million or five million a year of some of the stories like you've heard here, you are in the right place at the right time. And, and just kind of my last question to you, because your story was, was so powerful. There were so many nuggets inside of that. Um, and one funny thing I will tell you is I used to sell gum. Uh, so I would go, my mom would go to Sam's Club. Uh, I was still young enough that Sam's was out there. And uh, she would actually, I would give her the money and she would buy a spearmint gum, little five pack. And I would sell it out of my locker. And so the only time I ever got in trouble in school for two things, one was sometimes being late. And two was selling gum out of the, the locker room. So I could relate to you on that for sure. But, yeah. you know, let's just talk a little bit now with, with where you've come. Because like you said, back in the day, fax machines, there was no, uh, you know, let alone internet, Facebook, cell phones, none of that. Where are we today as an industry? And how important is this social media? Whether people like it or not, they feel like they don't know it, they're not tech savvy, doesn't matter. How important it is, is it for these individuals to either learn it so they can teach other people or learn it themselves because they're going to need it in the future with Facebook, Instagram, and these things. Where do you see our industry now and, and how important that is? Look, uh, I, I teach my five steps to success, basically. And out of my five steps is always have inventory, number one. Uh, it, no matter what it is, because unfortunately, because of the of the industry, uh, because of the internet, you can't you can't sell stuff with brochures and with uh, um, you know with uh, with catalogs no more like we used to in the old days. Uh, you can't because at the moment you make them fall in love with the product, and if you don't have it, it's like going to the liquor store and you go you want to buy milk. You walk in because your child needs milk, and, and there's no milk there. You're going to go to the next liquor store. It's not you're not going to wait for them to stock up. You know, so if you make them fall in love with what they want and you don't have the product, guess what? You just lost a sale. And most likely they walk right out. They pick up their cell phone. They'll they'll buy it from the very first person they can find on Google. And that's it. It's done. And it, they won't they won't ever get you the credit. So it's important to have a stock. Now, how much stock? I say make yourself a quota of how much product you should have in stock. And what, what how do I base a quota at? I base your quota is how much money you want to make Without the comp plan, for example, forget the comp plan for exact retail sales. Make, you know, my dad told me at the very beginning, long time ago, he says, look, if you learn how to sell, you'll never be hungry. And he, I didn't live with my dad. I live with my single mom. You know, that's where, you know, mow my life. But every time he told me something, I, I understood that things were different because he lived well. We were getting kicked out of every apartment. He lived well. He had a home. He had, you know, he had cars. He had, he had different things. He wasn't rich, but he was living well. So number two is prospecting. Make sure you prospect. And like I said, how much product you need? Make sure you know, let's just say, uh, let me go back to number one. How much product do you need? You need enough product for your quota. What's your quota? How much money do you need to survive? How much money do you need to pay the rent, to pay, uh, to, let's just say you didn't have a job, right? If you, if you have a job, if you didn't have a job, how much money do you need to recuperate or, or, or do this 100% of the time. So when you figure that number out, let's just say it's a thousand a week or $500 a week, which is kind of in United States, $500 a week is kind of like the, the major threshold for a lot That's of people. That's good if you live in Alabama, right? Just not good exactly. if you're in California. In the majority part, if you're living in California, you're not gonna make it. <laughs> if you live in, in multiples in a home. But, uh, uh, but if you are, you know, if let's just say it's 500. So you separate that $500 a week by how much profit every single one in retail sales of your products will give you. Figure out how many products you need at that point. Mm -hmm. That's your quota. How many products do you need? And then I would divide that a day. So I would divide it from five. If it's 25 products, I would say, okay, I need, you know, divided by five days. You always give yourself two days to, uh, uh, to take a break. You know, I say it's, give, it's always a day to, for your family and always a day for God. Then after that, everything else is open. So from there, imagine this. Now, from those five days, I, you know, divide the 25. Let's just say, I'm just using a number, 25. So it becomes five. So now you know your daily quota is five. So you got to go out there and try to, you know, sell five products. Now, one of the things that I've done and I teach people differently, and, and you guys will see this in a new book coming out that if you guys were interested, it's, it's, you guys can see it at MLMGuru.com. You know, um, 
And you guys will see that in the future. Probably the next couple of months, the new one's coming up. But it teaches a lot. And one of the things that I did with this book is not a book where you read it from page one to page uh, to, to 145. It's not a story. What I did was I took all our or our network marketing habits, our network marketing knowledges, how to do a three-way call, how to talk to people, how to do a presentation, how to all that stuff, and I kind of put it into a a, a book format where. If you're carrying it with you and you're like, you run into, you know, how do I post on Facebook or whatever, you can move to that page, read it, follow it, you know, basically, and you're done. And that it's just a tip book of nice. a bunch of tips all the way through. And What's I think the name of it? It's actually, it's called the MLM Guru Handbook. Nice. You know, the, uh, so you guys, uh, you guys will, will really enjoy that one because it, it tells you, it gives you tips from old school and new school. Basically, and everything works, you know, everything that's proven to work and it's, it's a proven uh, uh, way of doing things. So I think it, and it's, it's going to be English and Spanish and I believe French and Russian and uh, yeah, into in a couple months. So it's, it's going to be pretty out there. But either way, I didn't come to promote that. But uh, uh, when you are when you go promoting or, or prospecting, which is my number two step, prospecting usually now changed. From a long time ago. See, a long time ago, we used to say, when we prospect somebody, we're going to prospect them about the business. And we're always talking about the business, right? Unfortunately, you have to think about this. 98% of everybody around this world works for the 2%. So if you put those numbers into perspective, this means that 98% of this world is not interested in a business. So as you are out there, I tell people, prospect with your product only. Don't ever let them know. Like if you guys ever went to an Avon or Mary Kay uh, party, they never tell you about the, there's a comp plan. They never tell you, they sell you the stuff. They sell you, that's part of it. That's the way it's supposed to be done. And then after they fall in love with it and they have all these connections, then you involve those that into the business. So number two is go prospect. And, and how do you prospect? You prospect out there with a product. You sell product to people. Now, one thing that I've always said is a big mistake from network marketing is that everybody, as soon as you jump into a company, is told a couple of errors. And these errors are, are taught now because they, everybody assumes they're real and they're, they're correct when they're not. Number one is make a list. Make a list with 100 people that you're going to be talking to. And that's the wrong thing to do from the very beginning. Why? Because that's the best way to lose your friends and family, to not invite you to birthday parties, to, <laughs> you know, to, to uh, home parties, to, to, to just, just, you know, events, family events, birthdays, you know, everything. You're not never going to be invited to nothing no, no more. And if you show up to a barbecue, they're the ones you can hear them talking about behind your back saying, don't talk to them. <laughs> they're trying to sell you or whatever. So I always tell you this, never practice because when you get into the business, Never practice on the loved ones that you have. Practice on people you don't know. Why? If you hurt them, you'll never see them again. It doesn't matter. If you go up to people that you don't know and they say no, it doesn't matter. But you're going to better with the practicing this. And I always tell people, go out there and look for 25 people to tell you no every day. And as you're doing that, you're practicing your art form of talking to people, which is your best weapon in network marketing. The more you start moving and selling this product, and I always tell people, use a hook line, you know, because people have to stop within five seconds to, to listen to you because most people will keep walking by you. And that's most people. Remember that most people will, but it doesn't matter. See, I use a line, for example, that, you know, I, you know, it's like, who do you know that would love to lose five pounds in five days for the products or organic, even a five month old can use it. I base it on something, but I say it fast enough you know, it's who do you know? Like you guys can modify it and use it for whatever product you have. But usually I have, I sell teas and coffees and shakes and a lot of different things. But when they go like, what do you have? Obviously I know people love coffee and I know people love teas, right? So I say, I have tea or a coffee. What do you prefer? Now it's what do you prefer? Yeah. Not what are they, you know, who do they know? Yeah. So and then I kind of, you know, the more you attract people, and then now when you get their attention, now you can talk to them. 100% about the products and what it can do for you and all this stuff. Then you can go into that. And then if you capture the cell, fantastic. All you got to do is five cells a day. And then you capture what you're supposed to be doing. 
So that that's that's, that's basically that. Uh, uh, and then from there, obviously, follow up. You guys heard the money's in the follow up. Follow up with people. You know, I always carry receipt books. You know, I tell people, you know, how do you follow up? People don't want to give me their numbers. Oh, fantastic. Get a, a receipt book. You can get it at the 99 cent store here in the United States or anywhere else, a pack of five or six and write down. He goes, look, the company, whatever company you're in, well, they're guaranteed it, but to guarantee you, they need your phone number because how they're going to find you. What's your phone number? And you write down the phone number. What's the name they're going to ask for? You know, in case, you know, you want to either return it or whatever. So you're asking them, Questions are going to give you the right questions. And then after that, you put your number on the very bottom. Look, this is my phone number. If you want to know how to prepare it, how to use it, how to this, how to, how to do this, call me no matter what time. And then you rip that out, you give it to them, and then you and then you have a photocopy, a pink copy or a yellow copy or whatever it is of their number. And then when you, you turn around, you tell them, hey, look, is it okay if I call you to see how you liked it? I want to, I want to make sure you enjoyed it. Nice. Now, obviously, you already have their number. They're going to say yes. At this point, uh, what is pretty cool is that, uh, you know, you follow up, you call them up and you ask them, how did you like it? How did you do this? And if you figure out that they enjoyed it, fantastic. If they figure out they had a testimonial, fantastic. And you continue on and then you leave, you hang up and then you call back again. See, I do this constantly and I, and I call back because I, the, the, the money's in the follow-up, yes, but the wealth in, the wealth is in sorting. If you know how to sort, you're going to make more money than you've ever millionaires are made by sorting. So what do you do? You call them back the third time. You say, Hey, look, uh, Mike, you told me that, uh, uh, you know, you love the product. You told me that you had some testimony. You told me that you may have family and friends that can use it, you know, in our conversation. And I couldn't sleep last night. I just couldn't sleep about this. And, and the reason I couldn't sleep is like, say, look, I can make a lot of money with you, but I think with everybody that, you know, would you be interested in knowing what I do? And maybe you can make the money, Mike. See, and that's when either Mike can say yes or no. Mike can go like, you know what? I'm not interested. I, I know, you know I'm not a seller. Fantastic. At that point, you know, I'll make him preferred customer. So Mike, you know what? I'll make a preferred customer. Let me record you and go record your testimonial. I can use that to make, you know, you know, and I'll give you a great price for, for here on into the future. If Mike says, yes, I like, can you give me five minutes? You know, I can drop by and tell you what the combo or, or can I hook you up with, well, you know, with a person who taught me this and how to do this. I think he can tell you this to better edify somebody or do it yourself. If you know how to do it and put them in uh, and get into there with them. And basically what's going to happen is if they're interested in the business, you got a person who loves the product, loves the, you know, loves to make money loves, you know, has a testimonial, they're not going to stop and they're going to make you a lot of money. It basically, that's what it is. And then obviously my step five is duplication. Make sure people learn my five steps is what I do. Make sure that people know how to do a presentation, a five minute presentation, which for many of you, I never, ever, ever to a brand new person, never talk about the full compliment in your, in your company. I always stick to three at the most, uh, uh, things that they can earn right away. I always retail sales always in there because I can tell them you can make money selling and they don't have to know there's a comp line behind it. I know you may think you have the best comp line in the world. doesn't matter. People don't understand it. The very first time you tell them you got, this is you and you're, but the guy I got down here is this person. The, the minute you say that, the first thing they're thinking is pyramid scheme. Oh my God. You know, this and that. No, no. And now you lost the sale and you lost the person, right? So I don't even tell them about that. Let them get involved. Let them start making some money and let them learn about the comp plan in the trainings you will have with your team. And basically, that's how I do it, brother. It's like, I, that's how I teach it. And that's how I build massive, massive, uh, 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 you know, networks. Like the last network, I, the network I'm working on right now is, you know, I built it from zero and we're up to over, you know, half a million uh, participants into it. So it's, 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 and it keeps growing every single day. So it's and within a couple of years. So we're, we're really, really uh, enjoying what we're doing. And I think if you in any network marketing company, it doesn't matter what it is. I don't, you know, don't see any other buddy in a network marketing company as an enemy. Look at them as a partner. Look at them as a, a person. They may sell different products, but guess what? They're in the same vision. If there's somebody there that maybe uh, doesn't sell what you sell, whatever, maybe help them buy something from them and they buy something from you or something. But make that growth and make those friendships around. Because one thing that it is, this is a network of people, no matter where it is. And I'll be honest with you, network marketing, like I said, is an industry. It's an industry for a lot of people. You may have, 
you know, and I see this like uh, um, uh, you can say uh, uh, religion in many ways. You know, there's one Bible out there, you know, that everybody has. There's, but you may be in different teams. You might be a Catholic team. You might be a Christian. You might be an Adventist. You might be whatever. It's the same thing. I'll, you know, everybody listens to the same God. Everybody listens to the same thing. And, and they keep recruiting no matter what, no matter into their own teams. And, you know, as long as you don't keep it, as you guys self as enemies, guess what? You're going to be progressing. There's a lot of people out there. They're always going to try to uh, recruit people that are successful within your team. I say if they do that, shame on them. I mean, it's, you know, you don't have to do the same thing, but guess what? If people leave, usually they're the people that they're not making money. They're not enjoying what they're doing. They're not, you didn't put them through this funnel that I do. Like where my five steps is basically a funnel. You start asking questions and what you bring out from the bottom is basically the, the prime person for your business. You know? So I think if you guys learn how to do this, you guys are going to see a lot of wealth. You're going to see a lot of growth. You're going to see a lot of uh, re retail, uh, um, not retail, uh, retention, I'm sorry, which is the key to success. And how to get retention, make sure people enjoy your product. See, in my company, for example, we don't have a, a one thing that I did when I, when I wrote this complaint, I don't have an auto ship, you know, and I, the reason I did is because I, I believe 100% that people try the product, they're going to want to buy it again next month, yeah. you know, so make sure people fall in love with your product. That's the key to your business. If they fall in your other product and they're not successful with the business leader, they'll still drink your product. They'll still take your product. If they, you make them fall in love with the business first and they're not successful with the business, they're going to leave your product for another product. That's yeah. that simple. So that's what it is. It's network marketing, my brothers. Thank you, man, so much. And uh, Armand, you just, you, uh, you summed it up in so many great ways. And and again, for those listeners out there, you know, it's and some of you, especially the single moms out there, you know, this 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 talk was so great because Armand comes from a single mom. A few of the successful guests that I've had on the show before um, just had uh, Armand, you know, him is uh, Matt Morris had Matt on the other day. And and Matt comes from a single mom. And I keep hearing these incredible multimillionaires turned into multimillionaire stories all coming from single moms. So for the single moms out there, keep focused on your kids, keep, keep doing what you're doing because um, great things can happen. And, you know, one of the other things that you said is, is, is that I found so valuable is when you as leaders out there have an opportunity and a 16 year old young man walks up to you, you give him the time of the day. You treat him as if it was Armand today. How would you treat him today if he came up to you and he asked about your product? Well, you'd probably be drooling all over and so excited and you would go to your car and get him extra product. You'd come over to his house tomorrow and drop more off for him. You wouldn't even charge him, right? You would give it to him if you knew who he was today. But when he was 16, you didn't know what he was going to be. And so for those out there, never prejudge. Always give your time to people. And, and, uh, and, and like you said, too, is, is when, when you see these children out there with no shoes and me being here in Mexico, and I see it all the time, um, we, we have a chance to give people opportunity. And our industry uh, provides that like no other. And so, again, thank you so much, my friend. We truly appreciate you from the life of a networker. I appreciate I appreciate you having me on board. Thank you for listening to The Life of a Networker. We really hope you have gotten some inspiration or value from listening to our show. For more info or to reach out, visit us at thelifeofanetworker.com. This podcast is sponsored by the Tell2 app, powered by RapidFunnel. It's not just another app. It's an entirely new technology category. The Tell2 app gives you a genuine way to build real relationships with your customers and get quality referrals with less work from you. Go to tell2app.com and build your brand, your way, and tell your story better.